0: What's up, everyone? This is Under 1000. We're your hosts, Sam and Jacob. And today we're reviewing Killer Frequency, an 80s-themed slasher adventure and small-town late-night radio DJ simulator. Hence the hooray (laughs) soundboard (laughs) effect uh developed and published by team 17 and released on june 1st of this year 2023 it's available on pc MetaQuest 2 playstation 5 playstation 4 xbox series x and s xbox one and nintendo switch <laughs> so a wide release um Right now, it sits at exactly 1,000 reviews with an overwhelmingly positive reception. <laughs> so technically, we are breaking our rule again, right, Sam? No, no, we no. are We are rebranding <laughs> as less than or equal to <laughs> 1,000. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Precisely 1,000. <laughs> that would be l- limiting. <laughs> Uh, we played this one together. Uh, Jacob actually played it. Uh, he drove and streamed and I backseat drove and watched. And it was really fun. I think that's, we'll get into it more, but I think that's maybe the ideal way to play it. Um, Definitely. Yeah. So just a recap of the features from the Steam page, Killer Frequency features a unique first-person narrative. You'll play Forrest Nash, a blacklisted big city DJ who's been relegated to the late shift at KFAM, aka 189.16 The Scream, in small town Gallows Creek. The year is nineteen eighty-seven, and a masked killer is roaming the town, taking victims left and right. The police chief is dead, the nine-one dispatcher injured, and the deputy fleeing to a nearby town for help. So the role of nine-one-one operator somehow falls to you, Forrest Nash, apparently the only person in town who can <laughs> run a phone line. Sometimes irreverently. <laughs> The next feature is real-time decisions and puzzle solving. Use branching dialogues to interact with eccentric small-town personalities, including potential victims and suspects. Explore your surroundings, gather clues, solve satisfying riddles, and try to help each of your callers survive the night. And finally, uh, the retro slasher setting. Jump back in time to 1987 with this slasher-inspired puzzler. Explore an authentically detailed radio station and interact with dozens of physics-based objects from a bygone era, including a working cassette and record player. uh, With a fully voiced cast and a killer original soundtrack of 80s-inspired tunes. And it is actually really good. It's really Uh, good. (laughs) The future is floppy. (laughs) 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 I put that in SpongeBob case at the end because... Very good, very good. Yeah, there are floppy disks as well, and sometimes the present is floppy, so. And we should, we should do it. This game is, like, actually, like, this is a, this is a tasteful amount of, of vaporwave. Oh, this yeah. It's not yeah. like when things reflect on the 80s and make it vaporwave in a way it wasn't. This yeah. is like, a, this is a nice, nice sort of post-vaporwave application. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. I mean, if you're, like, into the 80s aesthetic, 80s music, all that, it's, it's, feels true to that, In a, yeah. like you said, in, in, a, in a tasteful way, Yeah. In a synthwave way, not a Bruce Springsteen way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> game let's, uh, Let's take a step back because we just ran through the details and sort of paint a picture of what uh, the game looks like. So you're playing as Forrest Nash, radio DJ and slash part time 911 operator. Uh, all of the 911 calls are routing to your station and you're pretty much spending the whole game, you know, behind the mic trying to sort out people's problems as a killer roams the streets. Um, So let's talk like visuals, like you said, vaporwave, obviously, but the art style is sort of like chunky, stylish, boldly outlined that like is almost cartoony. Uh, I think like the, like I've been doing some game dev and like when I'm looking for assets, I feel like stylized is the word I see a lot that describes this kind of stuff. Um, It looks a little bit like Dishonored almost because Dishonored sort of branches past realism, a little bit cartoony, more like comic booky in this case. Um, also reminiscent of like Borderlands with like, like the hard outlines around stuff. Um, it's just a really fun look. And I think it's also like a really, um, probably, I don't know how difficult it was, but I want to say it seems like more achievable for like an indie studio, you know, to go for this look rather than maybe like a hundred percent realism. Um, but even it works better than games that try to go for realism, it's something that I feel like we've discussed before and see a lot of, um, that they're like, Like you said, it's stylized, you know, and they do a good balance of like it feeling uh, campy and not too goofy. I was going to say, yeah, because I was initially a little bit taken aback by the idea of like sort of a horror slasher narrative taking place in this aesthetic, but it works really well, like you said, because it's campy. I think that's what it goes for. Um, You spend the majority of the time in the station, which is lit with neon lights, like you said, vaporwave aesthetic, pinks and purples, bathing the windows. Um, So, I mean, aesthetically, it's really cool and and really well designed. Yeah, love it. So, like you said, you spend most of your time uh, at the desk where you will spin records, uh, operate a tape player to broadcast local ads, Smash soundboard buttons for your own entertainment. (laughs) Okay, thank you. Uh, Throw paper balls through a basketball hoop above the trash can. And most importantly, man the phone lines as callers contact you for a variety of reasons, many of them seeking 911 assistance. (laughs) Yeah, you you will help bleeding people in this game. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of these things are like um, queued up things that you quote unquote have to do, but they're really quick, like sort of Mm -hmm. little breaks in the gameplay that keep that variety and keep what you're doing fresh like picking out a record from the list and like picking it up and dropping over uh onto the turntable um and this is probably a good spot to say that like the limited but present sort of interaction that you have with the world is like relatively simple but all the physics and everything are really satisfyingly like chunky right like smashing Mm -hmm. the buttons on the soundboard (laughs) and like operating the tape player and everything and some things like the soundboard buttons are like serve no purpose at all in the story. And they're just there for your own fun, which is like a great tiny sandbox in this game where like we were dying laughing so many times listening to these calls and just like pressing the buttons on cue to just like make sound effects happen in the background. Yeah, yeah. Some, some dude would just be like, I- I'm bleeding out of my stomach. It <laughs> would be like. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, or like, I think he's dead. precisely yeah and i think i think to that point as well like picking the music for example with a couple of exceptions you know where you have to play particular tracks like you get to pick your music you get to flip through the records which is a lot of fun we just enjoyed the flappy sound of flipping the (laughs) records back and forth and you know choosing one of those there's a lot of like not just gameplay but play and that's like Mm -hmm. really cool to see definitely um and you're not alone through all this uh so there is someone in the station with you, uh, locked in the, I'm not a DJ, but I'm going to say producer's room with a heavy door on it. Uh, producer <laughs> Peggy. yeah. The Maybe booth, you're yeah. in the booth. Locked I don't know. In the, I don't, it seems like Peggy's in a booth. yeah. If yeah. I had to make a judgment call, <laughs> Peggy's in the booth. Okay. Um, but yeah, your producer Peggy um, is there with you through a lot of the journey uh, over the phone lines, she hides in safety inside of the booth. And she provides, like, helpful cues, but also, like, a lot of fun banter and just, like, Mm -hmm. stuff that progresses the story. Uh, She's a really good character. We'll address it again later. Yep. And I think, like, uh, there have been some comparisons from this game. I think one of the most frequent is Firewatch. That's not necessarily a, like... I don't wanna I don't want that comparison to come on too strongly because like Firewatch is very polarizing. I think this game is generally better, but she does play that role of sort of a foil for your character so that That's you're right. you know able to sort of like bounce things off of her, feel like there's someone else present, and like it grounds the story quite a bit to have someone else there. And it's also she is a way of driving the story forward, but never comes off as like condescending or leading you too linearly. Like it's it's enjoyable to have that, you know, other presence there. Uh, And I see your last note on this is that Peggy ain't going out there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So there are some situations in the game where you'll need to leave your desk. And generally what start starts off these segments is you and Peggy figuring out that you need to do something. And then Peggy sliding you some keys to the radio station (laughs) because she's worked there a long time and you haven't. Um, And basically Peggy, she ain't going out there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, With a killer on the loose, it seems like Peggy uh, is much more comfortable sending Forrest Nash to do all of the, Her dirty work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We'll call it her dirty work. It's not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, so like you said, at times you'll have to explore the station to help you solve some problems that you and Peggy or the callers have. Um, the area sort of expands as Peggy continues to shove keys under her door to you, (laughs) the station sort of opens up. Um, and it's like always a creepy experience navigating the empty station. You'll also navigate around the alleyways around it. Occasionally, Um, you get a lot of those satisfying and interactive, uh, like interactions with objects, like you said, and there's a variety of like, even within the station, there's a variety of settings that are, can be pretty creepy. Um, and there's always this sort of ever present sense of danger because it's nighttime, it's quiet. It's one of those almost like liminal spaces, like a, like an empty school or something where you're in this building, you know, after dark and there's a killer on the loose. And yeah, it's just, it's a good way to break up, you know, standing in the radio booth would you Definitely. say? Yeah. 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 And I like the creepiest parts of the game happen outside of the booth, you know, puzzle design. So the very core of the gameplay, uh, and really to me, the high point, uh, are the various puzzles throughout the game. So mm-hmm. these mostly manifest when a caller calls in looking for 911 help, uh, generally like they're being stalked by the killer, right? Or yep. they think they might be. Yeah. Uh, so in these situations, uh, forest is understandably feels sort of helpless But together with Peggy, you gather any information that you can and sort of creatively uh, help to come to a solution and make decisions uh, via the conversation tree to help out whoever is calling in. Yeah. And let's Uh, let's be clear here. Try to help out is probably a better way to put that. (laughs) You you can kill so many people in this game. You can kill there's so many possible victims that we kept track of who we did and didn't kill by piling objects in the corner for like a dead and alive pile. Yeah. Each um, of our, each of our callers had a totem that ended up in, in, a, in the dead or alive pile. Yeah, exactly. We did mostly, well. yeah, mostly the alive pile. But then I think at the end of the game, we you get a, a view of a cork board with a bunch of like, you know, photos and we were like, Oh shit, you, you can pretty much kill everyone in this small town. If you, if you mess up a lot, you know? Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's actually really surprising. Um, yeah. So, one of the people that we did kill <laughs> was the, at the core of, of a, a good example puzzle, which is this office layout puzzle. So uh, one caller calls in and he is trapped in the office and the killer is in the office stalking him. Uh, and generally people will know that the killer is stalking them because the killer is this quote-unquote whistling man and there's a telltale whistling sign that accompanies the killer being around them. So mm-hmm. this guy's trapped in his office um, and the plan that you and Peggy sort of come to is to help him escape by calling various phones throughout the office Mm -hmm. uh, in order to distract the killer away from him so you do have i don't remember how this happens Uh, you, you do come across in the office a floor, or you do come across in the station a floor plan of this office yep and so essentially you call phones to try and distract the killer and Meanwhile, you tell this guy uh, where he should move throughout the office. Mm-hmm. You need to basically reference the map, figure out each of their positions, tell them to move at the right times. Uh, and it's a very tense game of doing the right thing or doing nothing at the right time. Yeah, it is. And I think it. it this is the first hint that I saw of this game being really good at puzzle design in that. It's not just sort of leading you to an answer to the puzzle. It's leading you to information and how you use that information and at what opportunity is really the, at the key of the solutions. You know, it's not just. Find out the answer, relay the answer over the radio. Everything's fine. It's find out information relevant to the problem, and then try to work out what to do. You know, at every second, at every you know you know choice point or whatever, um, whether that's use that information, whether it's not use it, that kind of thing. So I, I think this is where I saw a lot of depth. and that carried over into um, the second puzzle we're going to talk about, which is a woman who is home alone. Uh, but suspects that the killer is lurking outside of her home, and so she calls nine one one, which of course routes to one eighty one point one six. The scream, <laughs> yeah, um, and explains the situation. Um, she also mentions that there that there's a frat party next door, but she doesn't know any of her neighbors' numbers, and she can't leave her house because she's afraid the killer might be right outside. So this puzzle involved, you know, figuring out through deducing what restaurant they might be ordering from, where the frat house was ordering something to the frat house with a note to call the station, proving by playing a record that, you know, we were actually on the radio and this wasn't a prank and then convincing them to move the party next door so that this woman could have some people coming over to sort of like scare the killer away and give her, you know, uh, people around her to protect her. So, I mean, that's, and there were a lot of choices sort of, that's a big summary. There were a lot of choices within that where we had to look at, you know, old food boxes in the trash and, you know, uh, you know, guess what food might arrive most quickly and you know that kind of thing um figure out what we should say to the person at the restaurant to try and get them to go to the right place without us actually having the information about where that place was exactly yeah so this was it, it was it was pretty good and i think like again this was a puzzle where like forest and peggy as characters in the game sort of worked out like Here's what we need to do. But you as the player need to figure out how and what the specifics are. Definitely. Um, Yeah. So those we wanted to give like two sort of more specific examples of what the puzzles are like. And this is just two. There are so many. So many people can die. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So many people can live. (laughs) Um, But it it really does have a lot of depth and a lot of variety. Because I think if the the puzzles had all been of the same ilk, it could have gotten old, you know, but it absolutely does not. Yeah, there's like a great diversity and number of puzzles and every one of them feels like pretty creative and like you're doing something fresh, but not totally out of left field. You know, they all they all strike that balance of like uh, it sort of making sense while setting you up for the right stuff. And I feel like we ended the vast majority, if maybe every puzzle, um, sort of figuring it out with the right amount of effort. Mm -hmm. We were never super stumped. it it did a thing that like the greatest puzzle games do like portal and inside where like you spend just enough time trying to figure it out. And then you figure it out, like basically on cue and Mm -hmm. that's like the most satisfying way for a puzzle game to go. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the, like the, the mastering of the puzzle game is making you feel like you're smart with an answer that the game like wanted, you know? So the next thing we wanted to highlight is just how great all the characters are. Um, The game is really carried by the great dialogue and amazing voice acting. Uh, Your character, Forrest Nash, uh, Peggy, and all the callers are extremely well acted uh, in most. You see almost no one else in person, right? Yeah. Uh, They're all these sort of, like, unique, funny, small-town personalities, and they call for a variety of reasons. So, like, obviously some of them think that they're being stalked by the killer or are being attacked. Uh, They also call sometimes with, like, information that they think might be helpful. And then Mm -hmm. there's all the wacky small-town antics of, like, the pizza guy who runs a goofy pizza shop and he, like, won't leave you alone. (laughs) And keeps calling to try to get, like, free airtime to plug his pizza place. Uh, Yeah. Or they, like... Just fucking Ponty. <laughs> fucking Ponty, dude. Or just like the obnoxious, like local conservative politician that is like trying to preach over it and get free airtime. And like yeah. all of these small town personalities that you can have these uh, sometimes consequential, sometimes inconsequential. It's kind of hard to tell actually because everything's so well blended together. Uh, yeah. But just interactions with that, that add so much color to the story. Yeah. And I think like the, the one of the things that struck me the most is that they the characters are so well done that they establish stakes for these puzzles that you cannot see. You can only hear over the phone, but you know who everyone is by the end of the game. You can recognize them by voice. You know, you care about saving them, you know, or in some cases you wish you could kind of get them into some trouble if they (laughs) piss you off, but they're distinct and they establish those stakes and make you really like care about the outcome of whatever you're trying to help them through. And I think they're, Really well done in that they start out sort of as these distinct characters, and then they also reference one another and are woven together, you know, throughout the story. And I think in a lot of games you see like pigeonholing of NPCs where like you'll talk to one NPC about something. And despite the fact that like logically they might also know about this other person they're kind of in two different places and they never reference each other. But in this one, it feels organic. It feels like a small town. Like this person would be like, oh yeah, I know all about that person. I don't like that guy. Or yeah, like that person's my best friend or, you know, that kind of thing. So it feels really, really organic. Yeah. It's amazing how well realized this like network of neighbors is considering you never see them in person and mostly talk to them like one or two at a time. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It feels like, um, it, it, and I think it all comes together to sort of feel somehow like a remote version of a whodunit, you definitely. know? Yeah, um, yeah. This really comes together as well as the game builds towards the climax mm-hmm. and the fact that you are broadcasting to the whole town and talking to all these people means that like when you're figuring things out and as the story escalates, Mm-hmm. Uh the whole town is there with you, right? Mm-hmm. It's like this story is building across the entire town to this like big climax like right near the end of the game um that everyone is a part of. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh I think we should make all 911 calls public for sure. <laughs> 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 Seems fun. Be. I don't know. Well, not live. Oh, not live. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> That's yeah, I was telling you before the show about my recent like YouTube core dive into like watching people deliver DoorDash. Yeah. And like I do not want to see the like Twitch chat of like the streamer <laughs> who's just like a 911 operator. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's a horrible idea. I'm sure yeah, now yeah. someone is gonna be like, I should stream this. <laughs> yeah, 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 And the chat is just kill yourself, kill yourself, kill yourself. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what would be fucked up? Twitch chat plays 911 dispatcher. <laughs> oh, <laughs> All right, well, I mean, we'll see it in Florida eventually. (laughs) They did Pokemon. (laughs) They they can do Pokemon. They can get someone to help their nephews having a seizure, okay? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Conclusion. Yeah, so we've talked a little bit about the art, the setting, the sort of unique circumstances. I I don't think I've really seen a game like this where you're sort of stuck in one place solving puzzles over a phone. Yeah. but I think honestly, anyone will enjoy this game. Um, I think in our experience, uh, and you should definitely weigh in on this too. Um, it was more fun to play together, you know. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. It like it, it brings me back to our very early gaming review days uh, a long time ago. I wrote a review for Until Dawn, and we mm-hmm. won't give any other clues to finding this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but the the key thing I took away from playing Until Dawn which is not as good a game as this game. Yeah. Um, but is it, that it's a party game deliberately mm-hmm. or accidentally is a party yeah. game, you know, yeah. and it, it, it's so much more fun to have other people in on the who done it. Yeah. And like weighing in the possibilities, talking about it, working through the puzzles too, because I think Definitely. like that was helpful to have more than one perspective. And it feels a little bit like, um like an escape room, you know, yeah, through the totally. puzzles. Um, Halloween's obviously coming up, assuming that I get this e- uh, this uh, episode edited within the next month or so, so... Editor's note, he did not. Definitely, like, a good time to, like, invite friends over, play this game together, or play it remotely with people. It's, like, perfect for that. Um, and, like, as you mentioned, since you brought it up and we talked about um, comparing it to Firewatch earlier, I think the other two games that I was going to talk about, I I was debating about it because they're not flattering comparisons necessarily, um, is Until Dawn and the quarry because you mentioned Until Dawn, and there, those are similar games in that they try to sort of create this who done it, slasher, you know, feeling. They don't do it nearly as well. Like Killer Frequency is a great game and does what they try to do and do do with the benefit of AAA studios movement, like in some case real actors, you know, playing the roles or whatever, and it just blows those out of the water with one guy in a radio booth. You know, yeah, this is this is really one of those indie games that like you can see uh, it not getting watered down by a million people with fingers in their end. Yeah, with fingers (laughs) in it, in their ass. In I don't even know what the (laughs) fucking phrase is. This is like one of those indie games where you can really clearly see that uh, it's partially successful because it doesn't have a million people's hands Mm -hmm. in the pot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it's partly successful because it's not afraid to go without some of the, what we think of as traditional, like mainstays in gameplay. You know, like I fucking hate walking around the environments in both of the games I mentioned until Dawn and the quarry, because it's just worth, like, it, it's not fun. It's basically just a bunch of walking around clumsily and button clicking. Um, and it just doesn't add anything to the experience to have different characters that you have to physically walk around in third person with weird camera angles. The interactions don't feel as good. The characters feel stilted like this because the voice acting had to be strong, I think. um, And because you're confined to a very stylized, very well-designed studio with very fun gameplay and play interactions, this just does what they were trying to do so much better because it shed that baggage. Definitely, yeah, a hundred percent. Did we talk last episode about uh, my God of War gameplay theory? No, lay on me. Okay, so, so this this is something that you and I have been talking about uh, recently in terms of game design. Uh, that kind of start. We started talking about it as I was wrapping up God of War Ragnarok, mm-hmm. and we were discussing. That in contrast with another game that we tried to play that has amazing reviews that is just a walking simulator. What's it called? Uh, Visage, I think. Visage, yeah, yeah. And how like games that are actually good, like the best games, are good because they give you fun things to do, mm-hmm. a variety of fun things to do, and mm-hmm. they're great at peppering those things through. Sort of, uh, they're great at. Organizing those things in a pattern that keeps them all fresh. Yeah. So, unlike in Until Dawn or in the Quarry, where, it, like you said, it's mostly like kind of a lot of walking sim and then cutscenes, and like mm-hmm. watching cutscenes isn't fun and walking sim isn't fun. So, like mm-hmm. 90% of the game is not fun. Right. This game is. Uh, hilarious characters butting in and getting to play with all the physics and getting to solve really tense puzzles really quickly and a tiny bit of like walking around in a scary environment but always with a goal right and one that's fun to interact with and one that's fun to interact with and so it, it really sort of passes that test of the core gameplay elements are fun and arranged in a fun pattern yeah definitely yeah i think i mean that that pretty much uh That's all I've got. I mean, we've given you guys a really good preview, I think, a breakdown of what the game is. It's ultra successful. It's ultra unique, you know, both in the gameplay and in the premise. Like, it's just a fun premise. Like, 911 operator slash late night DJ. Um, Pick it up. Play it. Let us know what you thought. Um, Anything else? I think with this, we go into our tradition of reading a couple of Steam reviews. Uh, I'm happy to go first. Go for it. So the first review that I wanted to read is from Emobite. Okay, and emo bite said, "I feared for my life every time I went downstairs." So you know it's good. Uh, yep, <laughs> makes it sound more like a uh, real life simulator than <laughs> a, a DJ simulator. Uh, but that was a great review, so thank you, Peggy. Right. Pe- peggy going out there. <laughs> <laughs> peggy, Peggy going out there, dude. This review not posted by Peggy. <laughs> yeah, um, and then my other review is from a Steam user <laughs> who somehow managed to get the name Grandpa incredible Uh, grandpa just said everyone dies (laughs) so again (laughs) true for the game true for life (laughs) for real uh also sounds like grandpa was struggling a little bit (laughs) yeah yeah that's that's like it sounds like grandpa wanted everyone to die just like real grandpa (laughs) Uh, all right, so mine is, I am laughing myself numb with making clown sound effects while people are calling in and that they are dying. I am also their only hope. Welcome to my world. <laughs> and, this, and this is written by Morb. Thanks, Morb. Damn, you found my Steam alt account. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, also, I've been lagging on this, but I feel like it's worth mentioning that when we were playing the game together... You were just smashing the soundboard just, like, perfectly. It was incredible. That's also so much fun of, like, playing with somebody. is just, you know, like, oh, like, I, he's got a stomach wound in his, you know, he's bleeding out. <laughs> it's just, it's timeless humor. It's it timeless is. humor. You know, this is, is stuff people have been laughing at for a hundred years. Oh, so. So <laughs> uh, expect- yes. <laughs> the sad trombone. <laughs> <laughs> expect soundboard in all future episodes. <laughs> Yeah, although I, I I will give it back to you because you were clearly fiending for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite the same. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right. right. All right, well, that about wraps it up. Thanks for listening to another episode of Under 1000. Thanks for joining us on U1K, The Crunch. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, tune in soon, hopefully, for another episode. Uh, we're no longer on any of the social medias because fuck all that stuff, but you can find us on under1000.com where we have a Substack. stack. Um, there are articles on there. All, I mean, you can find all of our episodes. Um, come hang out. Come check it out. It's a fun time. Um, anything else that I'm forgetting? Uh, in the future, we will be moving to a seasonal release schedule, so keep an eye out for that. It might be a little bit of a gap before more episodes come out. Uh, yep. And will be hoping to release basically patches, uh, mm-hmm. so that you get more content at one time and then we have a cool down period to uh, sort of do these things not uh, one process at a time repeatedly yeah definitely uh, I think that about wraps it up but yeah thanks again and we'll see you next time Forest, it's the whistling man what the hell The Whistling Man? He was a serial killer back in the 50s. Went around in a freaky mask. Killed about a dozen folks in Gallows Creek.